0: You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. We found something. A chance. Maybe. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Don't. Don't what? Don't give me hope. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. I'm sorry I couldn't give it to you sooner. Gentlemen, can you hear that? Can you feel that? That is the sound of my beating heart still having a pulse and the Sixers still being alive as Joel Embiid has clear concussion protocol and there is growing belief and the possibility grows within every hour that Joel Embiid will play in it's game three here Friday, May 6th here at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. To try and save the season and save this series, as the Sixers are still down two zero. If you don't know, this is the Hot Take Hot Box. My name is Matt McSweeney, joining you. Like I said here on this on this do or die, make or break Friday afternoon. Obviously, the Sixers lost Game Two. Not shocking whatsoever. We will discuss that a little bit briefly, but I am. My focus is moving forward now and. and it's not a guarantee that he plays tonight, obviously. Uh, that, that let me just go out and say that beforehand. So if I if record this whole podcast and talk about how he's going to play and then he doesn't play, don't call me a moron. I, I know it's still – he's been upgraded to doubtful. I think he went through shoot-around today. The There's still – he's still got to clear a lot of different little hurdles the, to get himself to play. He obviously wants to play. He obviously believes this is uh, – I, I saw a clip – from Ramona Shelburne, who said, Embiid is determined to play the uh, through all of his injuries because he feels the Sixers can still win it all this season. That makes two of us, Joel. I, I, I have not given up on that belief so long as the big man is on the floor. You, by watching these first two games, can tell that we are, although we've lost both games by double digits, we are not that far away from contending and, and beating this team there needs to be somebody out there to take a little bit of the pressure and the, the weight off of James Harden's shoulders. Because he is not capable of carrying it for 36 minutes or, or, or both halves. He You've seen, so let's just get right into it, game two. He has one good half in him before his legs completely give out. And he just does not have the juice to get like to power through and to carry a team through a whole forty-eight minutes or however many minutes he potentially would play. So in game two, they lose one nineteen to one hundred three. They were they they were in good shape. They they started the game I would say much better or quicker than they did the last one where they were down you know like fifteen early and then they had to fight back. This game was more of a Back and forth seesaw sort of situation early, but they just lost it towards the end of the first quarter. Where the and 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 I don't I'm gonna jump around here a lot. Like as you guys know, I don't really have a method to this madness because I'm angry, I am emotional, and I can't look at this uh, without just feeling this intense rage inside of me. Because again. Uh, the ultimate feeling overall right now without joel playing is that we are being robbed of of one of our best opportunities to win a title that we we've had since since joel's been here since so this process has begun i truly believe that all through all of the the negatives the bench not being good enough the you know just james harden not being the guy that he was promised maxie had 34 34 on Monday night. Or Wednesday night. I'm sorry. Wednesday. I'm get my day, I'm getting my days mixed up now. 34 on Wednesday night. James Harden has 26 of 15. He plays 41 minutes. That's a lot of minutes. Especially for a guy who's going to have the ball in his hands. For the entire. Basically the every offensive possession that he's on the floor. He's facilitating for everyone. He's running the offense. Through him the entire game. And he's receiving double and triple teams. And they're running a zone. Where we don't really have guys on the floor who can make uh, open threes. Again, that's what killed them. We talked about it in the first game. They shot 18% from three. This game, I'll give you a percentage right now. I, I, all I can see is Danny Green stats. But the Sixers, as a team, shot 8 of 30 from three point. That's 27%. As opposed to the Miami Heat, who shot 48%. 14 of 29. And they have guys... Like, let's say, a Max Struess hitting 3 of 6, Tyler Harrow 3 of 5, Victor Oladipo 3 of 4. Just, we're, we are not getting even close to the same production from guys off the bench. or you know I know Struess and guys like that got start, but you know what I mean. They're just the periphery, sort of supporting cast kind of guys are performing for them, and we're not even getting anything close to that. Y- you got Niang, who plays 10 minutes and fouls out, shoots 1 of 3, all right? Finally made one as opposed to the O of 7. Danny Green is playing 23 minutes as opposed to last series when he was playing, what, 40 minutes a game? Close to 45 minutes a game? One of nine. He has been a net neg. Like, I, I can't even tell you how much of a negative that guy has been out on the floor. Because he's not able to dribble. Really can't guard anyone anymore. He has done nothing to help this team so far in this series. Tobias Harris kind of came back to earth with 21 points. He, he played well enough, though. It ain't his fault, and, and, and you know, Ma- Maxi. the thing with Maxi is, uh, he is not necessarily a shooting guard, I would say, or, or, or that he is a shooting guard, he's not necessarily a point guard, he hasn't really done much of the facilitating, although it's not really been his responsibility, he does just, does not seem to me like a uh, point guard in the traditional sense, he is an absolute scorer, bona fide scorer and sometimes maybe that's just the role he's playing cuz he's playing next to a James Harden he's still a young young player I'm not saying he can't grow into that but i'm talking about right now immediately he is not that facilitator that i guess maybe we might need a little bit more of from him uh, from time to time but if you're going to score 34 we'll take that any day of the week you know that, that 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 gets the job done you got five playing 20 minutes and not attempting a shot Paul Reed played 25 minutes this game. He, he, uh, you know, a little bit better. He stayed out of foul trouble and then hit two fouls. So maybe I would like to see him a little bit more out there if an Embiid's not playing. Just overall, I mean, the the Heat played better in this game than they did in that first game, and and they kind of just pulled away towards the end. If you're not able to keep Harrow out of the paint and out of scoring, you know, threes, or out of shooting wide open threes, to be honest, and he's making tough shots as well, You're you're just you're you're gonna be up against it, man. I I I don't have much to say other than that. And at some point, you're gonna get Kyle Lowry back, and and, you know, like it's you're running out of time. So they lose game two. Obviously, I don't have much to take away from that or any. It's kind of the same. Like they're. It's the same feeling as game one. It does. I don't leave anything with. I don't leave it with a net, like any good feelings or bad. Feel, like it just doesn't matter because we don't have our best player. You you didn't shoot well again. You there's no way you're going to win these games if you're going to get outshot from three by then. It's just not going to happen. because if they're playing zone and we can't make open threes, you're not. I don't care what level of basketball you're playing. You're not going to win games. It's that simple. You can't miss open threes. You can't get these shots and miss them. Danny Green missed a ton of open threes. Finally, you put Korkmaz in, he makes some threes. So, you know, shout out to him. He, he, he That was one of the only good positives I took away from the game. Other than that, not much. Not much, ladies and gentlemen. So, we move on. All right? So, now Wednesday happens. Thursday, it starts to come out. He's out. Joel Embiid's out for game game five or, or game three. I have a lot of uh, missteps here so far, uh, misspeaking, uh, I, I gotta say, but I am amped up right now, I am amped up, because this news just came out about 30 minutes ago, and I, 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 I just, it gave me, because I, I, not that I didn't think, like, obviously, when the news came out yesterday that he was going to be out, Shams came out and tweeted, yo, you know, Joel Embiid is out, you know, he has not cleared concussion protocol, but then... Some of the other reporters came out and said, "Well, yes, he is out, but that's because he has not cleared the concussion protocol. They they like are obligated uh, by the rules to uh, label him as out until he clears that concussion protocol, and then they can work like he can work his way up to maybe trying to play." So that gave you you know you you were down in the dumps because it's over. If he if he doesn't play tonight, we are going to lose. So that that's just like that's just my feeling. I, I have no faith whatsoever. They're going to lose, and it's going to be absolutely fucking heartbreaking that our season that we ride or die, we come back off of last year's horrific ending of the season, and then like it's like, how can we outdo this? Okay, Joel's going to get hurt in a game where we're up by 30. He has no business playing in the game anymore. He's going to miss the first two, three, whatever, how many games of the series, and we're going to get fucked, and we're not even going to get a good shot at this. We're not even going to lose with dignity, you know? 're gonna we're gonna go out sad and, and this is gonna be like a a, a a just a bad taste in your mouth again for a whole offseason where we just think about what could have been what should have been and, and it's it's really getting um, tough as a sixers fan or just difficult to continually watch a, a, and get invested in, in a product that constantly leaves you just disappointed or heartbroken or just these Negative, negative feelings all the time, with almost little to no reward. So, there is hope. That's that's why I started it the way I did. There is hope. Joel Embiid may play tonight. He obviously wants to play tonight. He believes we still have a chance to win it all. We still can do it. I believe that as well, Joel. I am with you. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough though. This would be a big deal to come back after you broke your orbital seven days ago, so now going to be eight by the time this game is played, to come back and play. He'll have to deal with the mask. The good thing is he's played with the mask before. It's not something that um, <clears throat> that he he hasn't dealt with or that it's going to be a uh, an adjustment. Obviously, it's not... I can't imagine... I've never personally played with a mask on, but I can't imagine it's fun or uh, ideal. So... That'll be, some, that, that'll be another uh, sort of hurdle or hindrance that he has to deal with. But this is a guy who's played through injuries. He's, you know, had the thumb. And like I said, he's had the mask before. And he's the MVP. So I have no doubt in my mind that no matter what, no matter what version of him is out there, he's going to be a absolutely extreme upgrade over what we've been trotting out there. Especially the likes of a DeAndre Jordan, who are slow old and have no business being on the floor in the second round of the playoffs. A guy who's been cut this just this season by two separate teams that one didn't even make the playoffs, and one was a seven seed. So we're we're in the second round, and we're playing hit that guy expecting positive results. And we have our head coach waving his finger at us, saying, "You're you guys don't know basketball. We you know we're gonna keep going with DeAndre. He he's big. He knows how to play. Like he's getting cooked by Bam Adebayo." That simple. Paul Reed's the only guy who's at least looked somewhat competent guarding him. That's that. So hopefully Joel plays tonight. I I, I don't I don't know if it's um I don't know if it's likely or it, it, they still have him listed as doubtful right now around one o'clock. So I, I'm not getting ahead of myself or too excited. I, I think the good thing is that it's it's more possible today than it was yesterday and the day before and the day before and um i i'm really really going to be uh really going to be fucking excited if he suits it up tonight and we actually get to go to war with our top line guys and, and it, it doesn't feel like we're being handicapped or held back or we're fighting we're having a you know a, a we're bringing a knife to a gunfight if you know for whatever the analogy you want to use it, that's that's how i've been feeling these last few uh, weeks or these last few games i should say and let's just let, – let let's go into a game finally with some confidence because we need to win this game. We're obviously home. It's much better home uh, historically, uh, not last year. But this – you know, the Wells Fargo Center gives you that home court advantage. You can use any cliche in the world that you possibly want. But we, we just need we – need, we need you, Joel. We truly need you. And I just can't – I can't stomach the season going down like this where – he has to sit out of this game, or he can't play, and they they try to save him from himself, or something like that. And he doesn't play, and, and we get we get absolutely fucked, and we go down three zero. And then I don't even know if they would bring him back. They would probably just wrap it up and be done with it by then, you know, because he can't if he can't play tonight. Then I don't know what would make him be able to play on Sunday. Then we can discuss all oh, Doc Rivers and all that. I don't. I don't want to go there yet. I. I, I want to keep the hope alive. I'm not. I'm not going to be negative today. I, I, I'll, game two was a negative, but game three, it, we. We're still. We're still alive. We're still there. And let, let's keep this rolling, baby. Let's keep. Let's keep the the positive vibes at a high, while we can. While we're talking about the Sixers, because it's about to get pretty negative in a couple seconds. But, yeah. Uh, maybe like I, I truly do believe that with with Joel Embiid the Sixers can i mean not only win this series well not only win this game but win this series if we can replace a deandre jordan's minutes with joel embiid and even if it's a 70% 60% it, it, no matter what percentage of embiid you're getting it's going to be better than what deandre jordan has given you it is it is truly that simple and we can only hope and pray and, and, and rub our magic rocks together, or whatever uh, you know, pray to the constellations, whatever you uh, you know, astrology. Women and, and and children and men out there like to do. Let's let we just we need Joel Embiid in in uniform tonight for our Seventy Sixers, and let's let's call upon all of the uh, pa- the the holy powers that be. To get it done. Uh, that's that. That is my testament and my 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 just prayer. I have my hands together in prayer right now, hoping that you play because we need you. We need you. We need you to take DeAndre minutes. We we need we need DeAndre Jordan to be sitting on the bench next to Doc Rivers. We need Paul Reed to probably play those fifteen minutes to you know fifteen to twenty. Maybe Joel can't go the the full time that he's used to going. We need James a pressure to be taken off of James Harden. We need him to obviously play better, but I've been saying that for 3 fucking months now. But I truly do believe that the the whole the team as a whole will play much better wh- with having Joel Embiid on the floor. It'll just give them it'll it'll reinvigorate them the way it's reinvigorated us as the fa- as the fan base. They they will they will play better. They will play up to having him play cuz it it will I mean, not that you need any more inspiration, but you, you you guys understand what I'm saying. It's just going to be a different feeling in that building having Joel play tonight. And I, I the shots will fall. I just believe. I, I believe again. And don't take this hope away from me. Let's go, Joel. 7 o'clock tonight from the Wells Fargo Center. Game 3. 76ers versus the Miami Heat to keep the season alive. So looking forward to it. While we're here, let's talk some Phillies. Wednesday night Wheeler throws a gem, they get no runs. Disgusting. The next night is a uh I actually got God bless, the Phillies game tonight is postponed due to the rain. Phillies are 11 and 15 now. They have just completely slid and just fell off after, you know, that that rocky sweep at home and then they the, you know, the Mets take care of business against them. They have now lost 1 2 3 4 straight. They lose both games to the Rangers. Uh, the the first game obviously was that six to four uh, Ranger Suarez getting get hit around a little bit, and they just kind of didn't. They just weren't really necessarily in that game. They scored three runs in the first inning, and then that was it. You know, and then they had a home run in the eighth by JT. But that I'm not even. I'm really not even going to spend too much time talking about all that. So yeah, then they go to extras, and, and Brad Miller puts them to bed with a little blooping sing, single to score two runs in extras. We get the one run, but we can't get it done. And then last night, they're up seven nothing. Uh for for a, a large portion of the game, you know, and then the sixth inning, they give up a home run to uh, I'm trying to remember, is it Sterling Marte? Yeah, Sterling Marte. And then they give up seven runs in the in the ninth inning. Okay. James Norwood comes in and he gets absolutely clapped around. Left and right, left and right. He just serves up a a two-run bomb to Lindor, and then single, single, double. You know, it, it doesn't even matter. It really does, just does not even matter. I, it. If you go here, like let's let's just sit here and go through this ninth inning. And before I, I get to all this or I go through all this, let's just say let let me just say that this is not this specifically is not. Joe Girardi's fault okay this game itself is not necessarily his fault but it is a common theme and is an overarching theme of the season where this is just kind of okay this is just the status quo and losing a game is not the end of the world okay it does not seem like there is that intensity and that uh, desire to win that you need to have in order to play sports, let alone professional sports. It, I, I, I understand that they probably want to win. Okay, that they, it means a lot to them. It's their job, obviously. But when you hear jo- Joe Girardi speak, it is kind of just a mm, well, you know, yeah, we we are doing everything right, you know, like uh, we you know we played a good eight innings yeah it wasn't uh, you know like it, it, we just need to be better for that ninth inning you know like we'll, we'll be better it, it, it's no big deal it's we we have um you know we tried our hardest you know we uh, we went uh, shut the fuck up you know I got, oh god all right so they bring James Norwood in familia shuts the door nola pitched a great game last night the the the, the bats were were flying around Harper and Castellanos went back to back. Castellanos got hit in the wrist. They took him out, which wound up hurting them because you know they were they they could have used him leading off in the ninth inning. James Norwood comes in. Marte singles to the shortstop, and then Lindor hits a homer right away. Okay, boom, seven three. All right, uh, okay. We're not panic's not happening yet. Alonzo doubles. Doubles the left field, right down the line. Okay, all right. Now, so now I'm getting a little worried. Like we might have to get this fucking guy out of here. Like let's let's warm up Canable. Let's let's get let's get him out of here. Line drive to the second baseman. Okay, boom. That's fine. We, we got it out. Let's go Norwood. Let's let's get Jeff uh, Jeff McNeil's up next. He singles the shallow right. A little little looping uh, sort of single. First and third. He's been hit around now. He's given up one, two, three, four hits. Get him the fuck out of the game. All right, fine enough. Joe Girardi does that. He gets him out. He brings in his closer, which I'm sure he did not want to do. We were up seven to one. You don't want to do that, but you had to because James Norwood put you in this situation. So Knable didn't have his best stuff, obviously either. Mark Hanna comes up. He singles the shallow, uh, or I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, that's the pitch that it kind of hit off of him, and then he went to go grab it, and he like slips. And he doesn't make, you know, he can't make the play in time. Pete Alonzo scores. Now it's first and second, okay? So it's 7-4. The tying run is coming to the plate. All right. Whatever. That's fine. Strikes out Dominic Smith. 3-2 on a uh, on a curveball pretty much in the dirt. So now we got two outs. It's 7-4. Tying run still coming to the plate. But, you know, it is what it is. They bring in J.D. Davis. Okay? J.D. Davis comes in the pinch hit. He smokes a double off the wall, and now it's 7-5, second and third, okay? The, the Mark Hanna goes to third. Jeff McNeil scores. Now it's Jankowski uh, comes into. to, uh, p- shout out to Travis Jankowski, crackhead uh, Carson Wentz. Brings Brandon Nimmo to the plate. Mr. Nimmo singles right up the, I believe, to right field to Roman Quinn. This ties the game and the if you were watching the game last night in, in real time, you were just the whole time thinking, there's no way this is actually going to happen. There's no fucking way that they are going to let this happen. They are going to play one of their best games of the season, especially against the Mets, and they are going to fucking blow this lead at home against their division rivals. It's just, it, you can't, you cannot... It was even a disgrace to let it get close. Let alone to actually blow the game. Which they wound up obviously doing. Because then Sterling Marte comes up. And smokes a double off the wall. He absolutely crushed that ball. He just missed it from going out. That scores Brandon Nimmo all the way from first base. And the Phillies. Blow a six run lead in the ninth inning. And now they come up to the plate the next. And Roman Quinn strikes out, JT Realmuto grounds out to the second baseman, and Reese Hoskins strikes out. And that's that. The Phillies have blown a six-run lead in the ninth inning for the first time since 1994. The Mets were 0-330 in that situation in their last 330 fucking baseball games. So, an historic collapse last night at the Citizens Bank Park capped off by by Joe Girardi, kind of just, well, you know, we played a good eight innings. That's all I needed to say. I don't care what else he said, what, else, what the rationale behind that is, or it just doesn't matter. It's not good enough. It hasn't been good enough all season long. I don't want to hear it anymore. I am sick and fucking tired of the... Just the laissez-faire attitude of these guys, like they've won something, or like they've even made the playoffs. It has now, since 2011, been 11 years since we have been to the playoffs, and we haven't even been really close in a long time. Last year, you could say, well, we got kind of close, but you all knew when that Atlanta series rolled around, we were going to get fucking smoked, which we did. Now, this team actually has some players, actually has... Some good talent that you know we we spent money on, and we think that they can actually be players. And you're seeing what's happening. It just doesn't seem to me like Joe Joe Girardi really cares about what's going on. He doesn't have a contract next year, so you know what that means. That, that it would be pretty easy to move on from him to keep him keep it going to find a new coach. Because at the end of the day, I, like I said, it's not all his fault. There's not only so much you can do. Yeah, I understand putting Norwood in the game because it, it, it's a six-run game. He gets blown up. Okay, you put the closer in. The closer supposed to get, take care of business, get it done. He doesn't. Okay, He did not have his best stuff last night. It is what it is. But like I said, it is an overarching theme of this Philadelphia-Philly baseball team of the last 10 years, essentially, and especially since Joe Girardi has taken over. Even even some of the Gabe Kapler, maybe you're gonna have to. It, it just some, there's needs to be wholesale changes, a, a, and I you obviously can't trade everyone, you can't get rid of all of these players. Uh, I don't know if Reese Hoskins, can, you can't play him anymore. Truly, I don't know. I mean, you, you can't tell me you can't look at at, at his stats and you can't watch him on a week-in or a week-out basis or a night-in a night-out basis and tell me that he's worthy of being a starter every night. He's hitting 187. He's played in 26 baseball games. You know, like, he's played every single game. Maybe sat one, you know? Like, he's getting plate appearances. He's getting at bats. And he's not even, like, hitting home runs. He's got two homers. At least Schwarber, who's hitting one ninety five, has seven homers. So he provides a little bit of popper value from time to time. Hoskins has nine RBIs and two home runs. Schwarber has sixteen RBIs and seven homers. We are not the same. Can't this can't be it, man. This cannot be the status quo. This can not this can't this can't go on. And much longer. So now, they get to sit out tonight. They can sit and think about it all night long. Go out, do whatever the, the fuck you, these guys are going to do. Whatever these baseball teams do to get over this shit. But it, it is... It's like uh, apathy. That's always the worst thing thing you could feel towards your baseball team. Or towards your favorite sports team. Or anything in life. Where you just don't... I just have, like, disgust, and I don't care now. I don't want to watch them play. I watch them every single night, and I don't... I just... It's already what? We are 26 games into the season. I don't care to watch them anymore. Already. Win or lose, it, they they have just crushed my soul. Time in and time out. They just find these ways to lose these games. The game in Colorado I thought was the worst. Obviously, this has taken the cake what do you where do you go from here, you know? How do you bounce back from this without there being a, a serious change in the dugout, whether that be coach or player? Because the way this is, I don't see how more the more time that goes by that this is going to change. And like I labeled out the other night uh, or the other day on the podcast, the the schedule here in May is not going to get much easier. They could be dead and buried by Memorial Day. That that's 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 what we're, that's the reality that we're looking at here for the Phillies. Already dead and buried because they ha- have not been able to take care of business against teams that they should be able to take care of business against, like the Texas Rangers who are coming to your house, like a Mets game where you're up six runs, like going to Colorado and losing three or four. They're just not a good baseball team, and they play like a not good baseball team. And at some point, Joe Girardi needs to be held accountable. And there's a reason he hasn't gotten a new contract. And it's because he has not made a difference whatsoever. This team plays with little to no fire on a night-in and night-out basis. And that's why the Hot Take Hot Box is calling for Joe Girardi to lose his job. I don't know who I'm going to... I'm going to begin my coaching search. And by the next podcast, I will have a couple names for you that I want him to be replaced with. That's that. Disgusting. Let's hope. Let's let, let, let's not ph- Phillies. We're not talking about them anymore. Okay. On to the Sixers, uh, and I just pray that the Sixers keep this season alive, so that I don't have to just focus on this this black hole of energy that is the Phillies, and just this, this disgusting baseball team that I call my 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 favorite team. Let's hope that there's something else out there. Maybe I'll start. Maybe I'll go see Doctor Strange, or I'll I'll start getting into the theater. Definitely not doing politics. That seems like a black hole as well. Anyone out there who listens all the way through here, listens to the podcast, let me know what kind of hobbies do you have that aren't aren't sports that don't leave you feeling this uh, this emptiness or depression. That these sports teams have have let me or, or led me to feel. Uh, I I truly ask you. This is the hot take hot box. My name is Matt McSweeney. We will be doing a UFC two seventy four podcast. It's going to be recorded in a couple minutes, so please enjoy that. Uh, go go to the bet window. Bet your picks. Obviously, you're going to do it on an app. So. Listen to us, we'll give you the breakdown, what we think is going to happen, we'll go through the odds, all the the fights from this weekend, we will talk about fights from this past weekend, we will quickly go through them, and we will do what it does, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Hot Take Hot Box, my name is Matt McSweeney.